Okay, get stools out here. All right, fellas, we're going to sing um, Mountain Greenery. What are you going to play? <laughs> Mountain greenery, ooh, what scenery In our mountain greenery where God plays scenery Just two crazy people together Always together When you love your lover, let the skies be your coverlet When it rains, we'll laugh at the weather And if you're good, I'll search for wood So you can cook While I stand low Beans could get no keener reception in a beanery. Bless a mountain greenery home. In a mountain greenery, God paints scenery. What scenery? Just we two crazy people together. Why you love your lover? Let blue skies be your cover. And when it rains, we'll have it the weather. And if you're good, and if I'm good, I'll search for wood. You'll search for wood. So you can cook. So while I stand low, while you stand by just looking, beans could get no keener reception. In a greenery, bless a mountain greenery. Oh, what crazy scenery! Bless a mountain greenery home. Hi folks, what a great week it's been. A little snow, a little dance, a little seltzer down your pants. I love when they have the playoffs on Saturday afternoons. I love that there's no more Sunday night games. Makes me a person again. So I'm feeling so good. Ready to go. It's an all new podcast. Starts right no. No wait, I was trying to rhyme with go. But I wasn't trying to really rhyme at all. Anyway, here we go. I don't feel like rhyming anymore. I just like want to just say something, and I'm not coming up with anything creative, but I like this part of saying something beforehand and then the music, so yeah, I, it's like funny. I, I love putting time into the podcast, but I don't feel like putting time into that opening. Well, you should just try and rhyme. It sounds much better when you, you think do. so? Yeah, but yeah. it's so lame, and I'm horrible at rhyming. I'm not black. I don't know how to rhyme. What is that? Pretty unprofessional of you. Anyway, welcome to the show. Uh, Dave just got a podcast with you on a chilly January afternoon, uh, evening. I'm here with my niece, Dory. Again, Hello. yes, another millennial to join us uh, in not knowing what uh, any of the stuff we know is and uh, to maybe possibly annoy us as we're listening, like Ashley did last week, uh, who didn't know a lot of things, which I think we'll quiz you on as well and see if it's uh, an ethnic difference. Or an age difference. You being 19, her being 25. I'm just going to ask you the ultimate question. Oh, boy. Do you know who George Michael is? Yeah. You've heard of him. Yeah, he just died. Well, you see, folks? There it is. Maybe Ashley's just dumb. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, she's adorable, you know, but uh, she had no idea who it was. Really? No idea, and her mother was angry at her for not knowing who it yeah. was. Now, I totally understand... 
The man has not written a song since you've been alive. Well, I probably wouldn't have known who he was if he hadn't just died and people hadn't just been talking about him a lot. But, yes, I agree, and I have no problem with that whatsoever. But is it possible that you know some of his songs? Well, I know the Christmas one. You know the... Well, there you go. Ashley, for some reason, did not. Let me ask you if you know this song, if you recognize it. You know it. Yeah. You're nodding your head. Yeah, sorry. Yes. You've heard it before. Yeah. You're like, yeah, of course I heard it before, jerk off. Right, right, exactly. Ashley's never heard this song in her life. Really? Yeah. And again, I get it. It's made in in 19... I think that's him. Isn't that him? No, 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 he comes up third. George Michael. He sounds so good. No, that's uh, the Culture Club guy. Here comes George Michael. We played this last year. That's him. I like the way this song starts. I don't like the rest of it. <laughs> I like when uh, Sting and Bono come in. But when... Oh, what happened? Oh, I think I pressed something. Oh, come on. <laughs> That's a Simon LeBon from Duran Duran. But when you're having fun... That's the way he sang all the songs <laughs> like that, yeah. And there comes Sting. So Sting classes it up. No, it's pretty classic. And then Bono comes in. And you know it's him. You know who Bono is? Yes. Well, you're nodding. But it's okay if you don't. Well, I do sort of. I mean, I just heard of him. From you too. Yeah. Oh, there he is. But there's no way. I mean, you're not supposed to know. They haven't written songs since you've been alive. No, you know? I, mean, I mean, I don't like really know these people. Right, right, right. But what I'm really. saying is Ashley works at a bar. She also worked in a doctor's office and never heard that Do They Know It's Christmas song, which is played every yeah, year. Yeah, that's played all the time. All right, then there's nothing else to say except she's just not too bright. <laughs> she had no idea. She'd like never heard that song before as if we just all lived on Mars. And I would never... I'm never going to make some fun of somebody because they're young that doesn't know anything. I, because I was the exact same way. And, you know, I do all these Godfather shows, but I didn't see The Godfather until the 90s. That's 20 years after it came out. And people used to get furious at me. Yeah, Meanwhile, I was only it. like uh, your age right. in the 90s. But I'm like, you know, I don't know. I just didn't, I, you know, I didn't know stuff. I didn't know about music and stuff. I learned it much later in life. Uh, my friend Lawrence taught me about The Who and Tommy, so I knew about that kind of early in high school. But I was still behind right. the times. And, you know, it was fascinating. I mean, you don't know what it was like growing up in the 70s. I mean, it sucked. I mean, it sucked. Everything sucked when we were growing up because there was nothing to do. Right. There was nothing. When you think I about heard. it now, there's nothing to do. So you know what I would do? Lawrence gave me a copy of Tommy, this, this album, The Who, which I made you uh, watch once. You remember yeah, that? Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, yeah. And all I did, all you could do... And everybody used to do this. While the album was playing, all you could do is stare at the album cover. <laughs> that, that's it. And that's why the album cover was so important that you have a front, you have a back, and then maybe some notes. And then inside, you might have a group photo wow. if you're lucky. Wow. So there's stuff to look at while you're listening <laughs> because there was nothing else to do. Right. It wasn't like you could work with music on because there was nothing to do. <laughs> like everybody worked 
at the office. You know, there was no home working. And if you were working on a typewriter, you could, well, there goes, that's right, Selena's joining us today. <laughs> she just left the table. And uh, yeah, it's me, <laughs> Selena, and Tori. <laughs> um, yeah, there, it, it was just the, the worst time. But you know what? I can think of, wor- but I feel, when I think about growing up, I think like we were almost growing up like, it's like John Adams growing up. You know, like there's yeah. like nothing to do. I don't think it's that bad. It's pretty bad. I feel like we were just like watching stuff at candlelight, <laughs> you know, like or what a reading. Like there was, there was really, there was, you know, when you're, when our parents would pick us up in the car for, you know, uh, for activities, you know, all they could do is sit in the car and read. Right. You know, now sitting in the car must be kind of a joy waiting for your kids to be picked up. You can work. You can talk on the phone. You can watch movies. I mean, That's it can't true. be That's as bad true. as waiting for your kid to finish Little League practice when there's nothing to do but read or just sit in silence. Definitely not that bad. Right. So I'm just angry at the whole time. And then <laughs> I suppose, I mean, I want to say you'll look back 20 years from now and say, God, it was a horrible time. to look." But I, I don't see how that's possible. There's I so really much to don't. do. There's so many TV channels. You can watch movies at home. I mean, how many times have I talked about the fact that I can watch Star Wars anytime I want? I can't even believe it. A lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know it. You know it, girl. Oh, boy. What did you... Um, anyway, Dory's on break from Rutgers. Yes, I am. I'm so glad you were able to come in today. I picked you up at the train. You came in. And we couldn't discuss anything. I'm like, save it for the podcast. Same with Buckers. We, we were like in silence on the subway. Yeah, you like, would think, except she's with her uncle, Dave Jessica, who can't shut up. Right. It was the least I've ever heard you talk in my whole life. I know. And, and yet I was talking a lot <laughs> still, yeah. which is amazing. We also ran into uh, Caroline Hirsch's uh, uh, husband, I don't know, um, on the street. Uh, it was funny. We ran into him on the street. And then, um, you know, he, he sued me 20 years ago, which is why I'm in the position I'm in. <laughs> we're okay now. But I mean... Dory, that's what happens when you get old. You meet people that ruin your life. <laughs> and then 20 years later, you're like, hey, what are you going to do? Yeah. What are you going to do? I'm not angry about it anymore. But that is the pivotal moment where my life turned where as you'd never heard of me before. And, um, you know, and I'm not Amy <laughs> Schumer because I could have been. Speaking of which, this weekend, I'll just get right to it. This is unbelievable. You're not going to believe it. This is what I, one of the things I wanted to tell you. Okay. I go to uh, Soul Cycle on Saturday. Mm-hmm. With Rachel Feinstein. Right. You know Rachel? Yes. She just got her own apartment for the first time. She's almost 40. And she just got her first place. Wow. Yeah. She came here as like a groupie, as a, like a 17, 18-year-old <laughs> girl, has never lived alone. And finally, she was living with Amy for a while. And she's and I'm like, you, you got to, you just got to get out of that. I mean, you know, you'd be friends with Amy, but you guys are living together. It's, so, it's just too much. So she, I think she listened and she got her own place. And uh, I finally went to it. At first, we had a bagel with the instructor. Oh, uh, nice. listen, listen to this. I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> All right. We're having a bagel with the instructor of Soul Cycle, my friend. Okay. Who, by the way, it turns out I went to nursery school with. Really? What? Yeah. We just found out like a wow. month ago. I know. That's in Edison. That's pretty weird. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Yeah. We went to Rolling, Hur- Rolling Hills. Wow. So her name is uh, Lori Sanchez. And so she's half Cuban. Okay. And she goes, yeah, I remember Remember, I was hanging out with that other kid. And it turned out the kid she was hanging out with was the one black kid. <laughs> so no wonder I never knew them. Right. Where am I going to hang out with the one black and Spanish kid, <laughs> you know, in nursery school? Um, you know, we were. I think we were told to not hang out with them. Right, so uh, the even 60s. though she's a delight. Uh, yeah, exactly. It was weird, you know. <laughs> Wait, 
you're from where? Cuba? <laughs> we don't know. In fact, at that time, it was even Cubans were like the worst people because we, you know, that was during the, the, oh, the right, Cuban right, right. missile crisis yeah. and everything was bad. So, and black people have always been bad news, you know, for <laughs> oh the God. Jerseyites. But, uh, you know, it's obviously a little better now. But I mean, geez, you always remember the one black kid. I remember the one black kid in elementary school, but nursery school, I didn't, I didn't know. <laughs> His name was Chauncey Clark. Oh, all right, then. I've been trying to look him up online. I wonder what happened to him. He was an okay guy. But right. I remember I, don't, I was allowed to go to his birthday party, but a lot of kids were not. Really? And he was a delightful kid. Yeah, that's crazy. But I remember when he called me up on the phone once. He's like, it's Chauncey. And I'm like, <laughs> who? Catsy? What? I had no idea what he was talking about. I don't know. I was like, I, I, excuse me, stewardess. I speak jive. <laughs> I mean, it was that bad. You know, it's, it's very racist, yes. But... I don't know, you know, just there weren't any, I didn't have any black friends. So this kid's talking and he, he was really nice. And I went to his birthday party. He, invited, he was calling to invite me to his birthday party. And I'll never forget. This is how, even back then, like, like even though, you know, everybody's prejudiced, I still wanted to be cool in front of my black friend. This is in first grade. <laughs> oh my God. And I remember thinking when I got off the phone, I made a mistake. I should have said, Hey, cool it, cats! I'm on the phone. Like, I, like, <laughs> like I had a jazz combo behind me when what? he called. Yeah, I'll never. I'm just that thinking about so it right weird. now. I wanted to be cool in front of my one black friend, and for some reason, I thought having a jazz combo in the background. <laughs> I don't know what era I grew yeah, up in. What the heck? Yeah, I don't know. I just thought of that. That's pretty. Weird. I've never told anybody that. But I remember it vividly. Wow. I even remember where I spoke to him on the phone, and it was in mom's room. Uh, you know, on the blue phone. <laughs> and I guess because I said it was so... The, the one black kid from school called me. It was like an <laughs> honor, you know? Like it was unbelievable. Um, but I, it's so funny. I was trying to look cool. When I hung up, I'm like, I should have said I had the band over here. That's in first grade. <laughs> yeah, wow, what first grader thinks like Nobody that? Nobody thinks like that. An That's idiot. Weird. An idiot. Yeah, clearly. Well, I was thinking of like, oh, I, I want to be cool in front of Sammy Davis Jr., the only <laughs> black person I've ever heard of. You know, like, I'm like, hey, cool the cats. You know, like, yeah, I got some uh, guys. We're, we're in a band. I, I don't. I, I swear, it was first grade for sure. And I, and I don't know how I thought of. I don't know why I remember it. Wow, that's pretty weird. That's so weird, that's right? Really weird, yeah. That is the stupidest story, and yet the most hilarious story of all it, time. Yeah, it is. I have to tell Rachel that one. I think she'll really like it. Like, <laughs> because, you know, as racist as I am, I was trying to be cool in front of my black friend. I mean, that's not racist. I wanted him <laughs> to like me. <laughs> I, you know, it's not racist if you like them. I suppose. No, it's all racist. Oh, well, yeah. Um. What was the point of the story? Something. Uh, oh, the, the, so this girl from Soul Cycle. Right. We're having. Uh, so I say she always has appointments on Sunday and Monday, uh, Saturday and Monday. But for some reason, the Mondays were gone. I found out. I think, I think, it's something shifty is going on at Soul Cycle. The two women right. that invented Soul Cycle do no longer own it anymore, and I think they're kicking Lori out for ageism. Wow. Yeah, she's my age. And I think, I, you know, they're 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 messing with her. Yeah, that's not good. And it's not cool. And if I find out that that's the case, and they're treating her like that, I'm definitely out of Soul Cycle, and I, I'm going to recommend. And you know, I've been kind of a plugging it all the time because I think it's very good. Yeah. But that's that is like their whole basis is it's not supposed to be like that, right? You know, hey, we're all. 
people on this planet or whatever, you know, like because that's yeah. how gay everybody's like, it's a cult, it's a cult. But that's not cool. And she's a great instructor. It's not like right, yeah, she's she not bad. keeping up. She's the best instructor I've had. I've had like three other instructors if I've gone to different locations and they've all been because you're here, I'm not going to use the C word, but they've all been horrible people that clearly don't care. They're there for right. a paycheck. They're exercising in a way we couldn't possibly do. So you're actually making it worse. Gotcha. And Lori completely cares. It's very clear when she come up, she goes, you're, are you okay? Are you okay? The other people don't do that. She walks around. Um, you know, like a teacher right. where that's where I start getting to go. And I'm like, oh, God, I got to keep going because I was going to slow down, but I can't now because she's right. watching me. That's true. And she points you out. She'll go like, good, good, Dave. Good, Dave. Oh, you know, nice. so, yeah, it's amazing. It really makes you feel great, too. Yeah. And um, but yeah, if they're if they're going to let her go because she's older, that's completely unacceptable. Yeah, that's not OK. Yeah, that's not cool. Right. So anyway, so I go to Rachel's house after and I see her new place and it's OK. I mean, it's. It's got a brick wall, so I'm like, why aren't we doing a stand-up show here every week? And she goes, that's ridiculous. I'm like, no, it's great. We'll all, come on, it'll be awesome. (laughs) She has a perfect place for a stand-up show in front of the brick wall, and she won't, she's a real party pooper ever since she got a place. Anyway, I go into her bedroom, and it's freezing in there. And I'm like, why is it so cold in here? And she's like, oh, I'm getting the mayor to fix it. And I'm like, oh. And I go to the radiator, and I'm like, you know, this is exactly like mine. You know, you just turn this on. She didn't know. She didn't know to turn it on? No, so I turned on the heat for her. I turned on the heat. So I go, That's you said that, by the way, you said the mayor before you met the super, right? She goes, no, 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 the mayor, right? Because I passed that off. You heard me say that too. Right, yes. I passed it off because I'm like, she met the super. I said, you met the super, right? She goes, no, no, the mayor. You know, Amy's uh, Amy Schumer's uh, cousin is the senator, so he's going to call the mayor and take care of it. I'm like, okay, first of all, you're saying... Oh, Amy Schumer is... I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> like She's telling me, like, I don't know right. that Amy's uh, you know, cousin is, is the New York State senator. Yeah. And then she's just saying, yeah, he's going to call. Like, it was matter-of-factly. It wasn't like, well, I'll tell you, I got connection. You know, like, not yeah. playing at all for anything. It was like, yeah, I'm getting this fixed because I'm calling the mayor. I mean, that's messed up. And that's what you're going to use your one chance yeah, to do to turn that's the little... heat on, which I just did? You didn't even... She didn't even yeah. try. I understand calling in a favor for other things, yeah. even if it's cold because your super won't turn the heat on. Right. But did you even try and yeah, talk weird. to the landlord? Because he would have said, have you tried turning the knob? <laughs> so that was messed up in every way. Every way. The way she told it, the way it was just like nonchalant. And to use a favor on that was just weird. Yeah, that's that is weird. That it's you like she that, and that's so snobby to use a favor where clearly she clearly didn't go to any other efforts to try and turn the heat on. Right. It's cold in my bedroom. I'm calling the mayor. That's <laughs> that's retarded. Yeah. Mm. A little. It, but and also just like Amy Schumer, by the way, is I'm, I know. <laughs> you don't think I I know every day that Amy Schumer it, it just got the, this won this lottery. <laughs> Like, not only is she successful on her own merits, but then her cousin is the the United States uh, senator. So, um, you know, if she wasn't famous, she could be like, can you do something to make me famous? Yeah. Done. He's a good senator, too. Um, Unlike that Hillary Clinton, she was a troublemaker. (laughs) 
Well, clearly she had another agenda. I think this guy uh, actually likes being the state senator of New York. Hillary Clinton only became the state senator of New York for her other aspirations. All right, enough of that. All right, then. Well, listen, everybody's bashing Trump. We (laughs) got to do it the opposite way sometimes. I don't like, you know, I don't like the bashing. I don't like the bashing. I don't like, I don't like, I don't like our celebrities telling us all this nonsense. Oh, yeah, that's the worst. This, uh, uh, the Golden Globes. That's why I won't watch the Golden Globes. Yeah, I got very annoyed in the middle of Right. Let's say that we were, you know, somebody who loved Hillary and didn't like Trump. Even if you and me, do we want to hear anybody's views who's an actor? No. No, we do not. Not at all. This was, um... Meryl Streep's horrible, but oh, everybody was like, That was the worst. Let's just move on. Hollywood, foreigners, and the press. <laughs> but who are we? And, and, you know, what is Hollywood anyway? It's just a bunch of people from other places. Oh, I was she, born oh. and raised and educated in the public schools of New Jersey. Then she goes through every like best actress who where they were educated, where they yeah. were born. I'm like, "Shut up." Oh my god, I was so and annoyed Ruth with Nega, this. And Nega, which is my favorite name because it's so <laughs> close to really getting in big trouble. I just want to say her name all the time. <laughs> Ruth Nega is from uh, I don't know where she's from, but Viola uh, was born in a sharecropper's cabin. And all the actresses when they mention her name are crying, but if she mentioned my name and I was part of that rant, I would have cried too. <laughs> oh my God, Meryl Streep just mentioned my well, name. Well, yeah. Yeah, no, no, there's a, I, I will let every girl go for that one. And every, any, I mean, that is the greatest yeah, thing that you can have happen. Cool. If Meryl Streep mentioned my name at the Golden Globes, and Dave Joska, I mean, he's just, he's from Edison, New Jersey, you know, whatever. Like, <laughs> I'd be like, that's right, Meryl. Because I'd be so angry. I'm like, yeah. what an asshole. What an asshole. Oh, my God. She mentioned my name. I'd be so two-faced. Well, it would be fair. ridiculous. Right, right, right. But let's see. She said something retarded. Let's see. Crawling with outsiders, and there was nothing good about it. Wait, let's see. Maybe it's right here. It was, there was nothing good about it. But there was one performance this year that stunned me. It, it sank its hooks in my heart. Not because it was good. It was, there was nothing good about it. <laughs> but it was effective, and it did its job. It made its intended audience laugh. What is it? And show their teeth. I don't remember. I don't remember either. It was that moment when the person asking to sit in the most respected seat in our country imitated a disabled reporter. Someone he outranked in privilege, power. What an asshole. I'm sorry. You know, everybody knows I love Meryl Streep. I mean, everybody does. Everybody loves Meryl Streep. Great actress. We don't need this shit. I mean, as far as we know, she's acting right now. And she yeah. thinks when Donald Trump imitated that guy, it was hilarious. We don't know. We don't need her two cents. And quite frankly, him imitating the guy is the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. And somebody's got to relax. It's not cool, but it is hilarious. And we all do it. I mean, I do it on a daily basis. Well, so I can't true. get mad at that guy. But this, this isn't the forum. This isn't the forum. You just thank everybody for your Lifetime Achievement Award. You're an actress. Yeah, I, the actors and actresses telling their political views is the worst thing in the world. It's the, the worst, worst thing. And and this election has trumped it <laughs> Thank you. to <laughs> oh a new God. level of horribleness because they're all complaining, 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 and they lead privileged lives. Yeah, it's ridiculous. They lead privileged lives. Who are they talking for? Not me. I don't know. It's possible... Trump could make my life better. Yeah. He might he might know how to work something so I have to pay less taxes. So I don't know what's going to happen. I have hope um, that it's going to work out. But 
how dare you? You know, like, uh, how they lead privileged lives. Everybody hates when actors talk like this and they all do it. It And it's really annoying. And here's the, the worst one of all, even though he's great. And I will tell you why. (laughs) <laughs> well, thank you. This is uh, obviously a terrible mix-up. Thank you very much. Um, thank you, first of all, to the uh, Hollywood Foreign Press Association um, for this amazing honor. I suppose made more amazing by the fact that I'll be able to say I won this at the last ever Golden Globes. Um, I have no idea what that Yeah, I don't get that. Nobody knows. I don't, I don't mean to be gloomy, it's just that it has the words Hollywood, Foreign and Press in the title. I just don't know what... Oh, Street Party did that gag. Yeah. Although he might have done it first. Oh. I, I also think that uh, to some Republicans, even the word association is slightly sketchy. Um, but thank you to them. Uh, thank you also to the, uh, to the many, many people who gave me this wonderful, uh, extraordinary once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Uh, so I, I accept this award on behalf of psychopathic billionaires everywhere. Um, okay, so. Oh, my God. So all right, annoying. here's the problem with this one. This is Hugh Laurie. Mm-hmm. Now, I worship Hugh Laurie for one reason, and I'm going to show you in a second. But this guy has made a fortune in this country. He did okay in Britain and did some really great stuff, but he made a fortune. He's house, which means he, that made him a billionaire playing an American, which a lot of times I don't like. Right. And when everybody's complaining about, uh, I don't know if you heard about this guy. Um, uh, mm, mm, he's playing Michael Jackson, white guy. Oh, damn it. Stalker Channing is playing Liz Taylor. It's a white guy. Damn it. I can't think of his name. Um, and he's playing Michael Jackson, a white guy. And everybody's up in arms. And um, everybody's complaining about a white guy playing a black guy, whatever, that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, if, uh, how can you play a handicap? We should have a handicapped person playing a handicap. Well, you know what we shouldn't have? British people playing Americans. <laughs> and quite frankly, that kid who was nominated Andrew Garfield playing an American soldier, that's even worse. Yeah. Let alone the fact that it's, uh, directed by an anti-Semite in Mel Gibson, which they nominated this Hollywood foreign press. Yeah, that was a little crazy. So that stinks. But this guy made a fortune. A fortune. Now, he's still pretty funny. This is the kind of stuff I might say in an award. He's still being pretty funny. But he is judging America. But that's what British people do. And we usually like it. But he's made a fortune here. A fortune. That house will keep him... A billionaire yeah, forever. For that sure. lasted like nine seasons. Yeah. And it's all him. And now he's got a new show. I mean, he doesn't need money ever again. Um, so I really don't like when they come here and they're made their money here and then they're going to make fun. But I'm okay with what he said because he seems pretty cool and he is kind of cool. It's not like Meryl Streep with the crying and the nonsense. And this other actor from the show that he won, The Night Manager, who's like, and we were in the Sudan and I found out they were watching our show there. And I was like, oh, I didn't. Oh, wait, I had that clip. <laughs> this guy's the biggest douche of them all. Young men and women tossed it over to the table, and we were all having what they call a dirty beer in humanitarian language. Uh, and they were a group of médecins sans frontières, doctors and nurses. And they wanted to say hello because during the shelling of the previous month, they had binge watched the night manager. And 
What an asshole. Yeah. That's what he's getting up there talking. He's making this heartfelt speech, but it all turns out it's about him. Yeah, nobody should I was make so grateful these people were getting shelled up, but they totally watched the night. Now, again, I would do that, but I would do it, and I'd say, like, and the important thing was that they were watching the night manager right. because I'm That's in that. You joke. know, if you say it like that, then it turns it around like, yeah, I'm an asshole. Right. So there it is. But this guy's trying to say, like, yeah, I'm doing really this good for the people and thank God I'm in the show <laughs> so I can bring it to them. Fuck you. Sorry. It's I mean, okay. You don't like that kind of language, even though your dad uses it all the time. It's okay, fine. but here's the thing about Hugh Laurie. And this is the best thing ever. Hugh Laurie is in the show that is the greatest show of all time. Not the greatest show of all time, but the one that made me, and I've talked about it on the show before, and I've told you about it before, and I actually have a clip today. Uh, he is in a show called The Black Adder with that guy Rowan Atkinson, who I've told you about. Uh, you've seen him. He's in um, Love Actually. Uh, right, did you see that movie? He's, no, he does a scene with Alan Rickman. Okay. Now, I have a machine gun to her, her, her. <laughs> was that a good Alan Rickman? That was actually pretty good. Thank you. That's a big honor coming from you. I used the last person. On, who's the Chinese girl? Cho Chang. I used the last person on Cho Chang. Miss Chang. That's not as good. That wasn't as good. Better. It was better the first time. That's because I don't have the dialogue from Harry Potter. Right. You don't know it, do you? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this guy, Hugh Laurie, who I love. So I'm angry that he did something bad because I always worshipped him because he is in the show The Black Adder, which um, is a brilliant show, which I am basing my entire life around. Uh, and 80s. And OK, uh, oh, I just connected the two. Written and conceived and created by not just Rowan Atkinson, but Richard Curtis, my favorite writer-director who wrote Love Actually. Oh, well, there you go. There you go. And that wasn't even the connection I was trying to make. Also <laughs> wrote Notting Hill and oh, Four wow. Weddings and a Funeral. So the fact that this guy made one of the greatest comedies I've ever seen, and again, British comedy, so you know, I was like, I don't know, I don't know. But this one particular season had this amazing episode that spoke to me when I was younger, and I've told you this before, it's about... Uh, Hugh Laurie plays a, a, a prince, a prince who's an idiot. Okay. Uh, now, no matter what decade they would do, it was like six episodes a season. He'd always play the bumbling idiot hierarchy, gotcha. you know, monarch of some sort. And the Black Adder would always play their ser- his servant, and he was always smarter. And then they have this other guy who's an idiot, Baldrick, who was like even worse than a servant. You oh, know? right. Okay, I remember you telling me about this. Exactly. So the one thing. So in this one, Hugh Laurie's playing an idiot uh, prince. And the Black Adder is, uh, uh, Rowan Atkinson is playing his butler. And on this particular day, this man, I uh, can't remember his name, we'll hear it when we play it, is coming over with his new book, which is the dictionary. And the butler is so angry because he thinks the dictionary is stupid and this guy doesn't know how to write a dictionary um, that he comes up with all these words that the guy missed. <sighs> and you, I've told you this before because yeah. it's one of my favorite scenes. And Hugh Laurie is brilliant in it. Dr. Johnson, your hand. Ah, Dr. Johnson. Damn cold day. Indeed it is, sir, but a very fine one. For I celebrated last night the encyclopedic implementation of my premeditated orchestration of demotic (laughs) Anglo-Saxon. Nope, didn't catch any of that. (laughs) Well, I simply observed, sir, that I'm felicitous. Since during the course of the penultimate solar sojourn, I terminated my uninterrupted categorization of the vocabulary of our post-Norman tongue. (laughs) 
know what to I was saying when I was a kid, you know, I was like, this is, uh, I've never heard words. Like, I mean, I know yeah. he's the inventor of the dictionary. That's the gag. But still, it was just like, boy, this is like uh, really upscale. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, when you're sitting there usually watching Cannonball Run, <sighs> this was a lot different. Well, it's like I didn't I'm know there sure. was different kind of comedy like this, you know. Right. We're talking about it. It sounds damn saucy, you lucky thing. <laughs> I know some fairly liberal-minded girls, but I've never penultimated any of them in that solo sojourn. If that had to been given any Norman tongue. <laughs> I believe, sir, that the doctor is trying to tell you that he is happy because he has finished his book. It has apparently taken him ten years. Yes, well, I'm a slow reader myself. <laughs> Here it is, sir, the very cornerstone of English scholarship. This book, sir, contains every word in our beloved language. Ooh. Every single one, sir? Every single word, sir. Oh, well, in that case, sir, I hope you will not object if I also offer the doctor my most enthusiastic contrafibularities. <laughs> contrafibularities, sir? It is a common word down our way. Damn. I was, like, writing it with a pencil. Oh, I'm sorry, sir. I'm anaspeptic, phrasmotic, <laughs> even compunctuous to have caused you such pericombobulation. <laughs> I don't even, under, as an actor, I, I don't even think I could do that part because I, I would yeah. never be able to pronounce those words. I have it in front of me, contrafibularity, and I have trouble <laughs> pronouncing it. I mean, these guys are really good, really yeah, good actors. And isn't that the funniest thing you've yeah. ever heard? That, I mean, I'd never, and again, that's Richard Curtis, one of my, and people make fun of me because I like this guy who writes romantic comedies. But that kind of writing, they don't write that in American stuff. I mean... The, the concept is what – forget the writing. The concept of their making a show about a guy that wrote the dictionary and this guy's so jealous he comes up with words the guy forgot is the funniest thing I'd ever heard at that time. Yeah. This is in the Agreed. late 80s, mm-hmm. middle 80s or whatever. And uh, and the fact that Hugh Laurie's a part of it, I just love that guy even though I never saw one episode of House. And that's why it made, made me mad. This guy's winning a Golden Globe, which I want him to win, but then he's going to do the nonsense. So, God, I never watch the Golden Globes anyway because it's boring because the TV part's boring. I will watch the Oscars. I'll always watch the Oscars. But I don't know if I'm going to watch this year because uh, I don't think I can handle it. Plus, all the movies that are nominated suck. You just told me you saw Deadpool. Yes, I saw it today. I watched it. Was it good? Yeah. I haven't seen it yet, and I heard it's great. It is very good. You've also watched Stranger Things. Yes. Yeah, that you've been home binge watching because you're home from college. I liked it, too. I just finally finished watching it, too. Um, it was excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Just like everybody told me it was. Yeah, right? Everyone said it was so good. And yeah. I was like, eh, but it was. Oh, I know what I wanted to ask you. When we were on the train, I was going to ask you this. Okay. I know you saw Emerald City. Yes, I only saw the first episode, though. Why not? Why? Did you realize? Because <laughs> I did. I only watched it yesterday. What do you think? I liked it. I didn't like it. No. I watched both episodes, and I didn't really I care for it. I could see that you would. It, it took me like a while, but then by the end, I liked it. Here's what happened to me. Saturday night, I went to Wolfgang's with my friends Lee and Laura. So after Soul Cycle, you know, I, I had this day, and then right. we always come over here. We have a little to drink, you know, some other stuff, and then uh, we go out and we eat a huge meal. Okay. And then my favorite thing to do, as everybody knows in this podcast, uh, is to have a cappuccino, and then watch TV until six a.m. <laughs> Now, most people uh, would not call that the greatest Saturday night they've ever had, <laughs> but uh, 
I guess when you reach a certain age, that's the greatest Saturday night you can ever have. Especially in this day and age with somebody who's obsessed with TV. You just want to be wide awake and watching TV when nobody's going to tell you you can't. Right. And that's what it also comes down to when my father would never let me watch TV like that in an uninterrupted presence because he's always just so angry that I was enjoying myself all the time. And... And I've still, on this podcast, when I hear footsteps upstairs in the apartment above me, and you can see I'm pointing upstairs. Yes, I can. It still makes me nervous that it's my father coming down and telling <laughs> me I can't watch TV oh. anymore. It messes me up. Yeah, that's pretty weird. On a daily basis. And that is why I will sit there for hours and watch TV while even my girlfriend, if I have them at the time, will go to sleep. <laughs> and I will join them later because I need to watch TV all night long because it's awesome. All right, then. And where I have nothing to do the next day. Right. So I watched Emerald City, which was a good thing I was on that coffee because it was slow and boring it and I didn't care for definitely it. definitely slow. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll give it another yeah, shot. Yeah, I need to keep going. Like with the Kimmy Schmidt. Well, you didn't, how do you know? You didn't even see the second one. No, I don't. I didn't. I'll give it a shot with the Kimmy Schmidt. You said that got better after the ninth episode, <laughs> but I can't, I can't wait. The second season's hard. I didn't hate it as much as you did. I didn't hate it, but it just wasn't working. It was not working. I was really trying. Second season. First season was brilliant, right? Yeah. I told you to watch that, right? Yeah, you did. Yeah, first season was so good, so good. The first they season lost was their way. Better. They lost their way. First season was great with all the stuff. You know, when somebody comes out of a bunker and the stuff like that, that's the fun of the show, the, oh, my God, what is this, what is this? And then they just kind of lost their way. I mean, you can't, I guess you can't do that, but you have to trust the people that bought it to you and it just wasn't working. Yeah, I could see that. For me. Uh, also, when I got home that night, uh, there was, I told you my neighbor who was smoking crystal meth just moved out <laughs> right. and there was a big duty ball Ew. on the floor. What? Yeah. A big duty That's ball. Disgusting. And I called downstairs and I'm like, dude, there's a big duty ball <laughs> on the floor and, uh, you write this down. You don't have to do anything about it now, but you know, make sure it's tomorrow. There's a goddamn duty ball. <laughs> so I figure the guy that was leaving sent it as a message and took a dump, you know, on the floor. He's like, right. screw this place. Or... It's a dog or just somebody had an accident. And so the next day I went to the super and I said, there's a big duty ball. Did the guy from last night tell you? He goes, no, he didn't tell us anything. I'm like, that guy's a dick, <laughs> even though I, I, the kid's okay. But I heard that he never writes anything down when you call him. Uh, so I was, I guess I kind of told on him because my friend Michelle said he never writes anything down. And, uh. I was so I was, it was almost like a test. I'm like, just write it down for tomorrow. And they're like, we don't know anything about it. Oh. And I'm like, well, he's only there once a week, and he's a kid. He's uh, like one of the other doormen that I've known for 20 years. Son, uh -huh. oh. <laughs> it's so weird. But so anyway, I go. There's a big duty ball up How on the floor. How many times are gonna say duty I ball? I love saying it. That's why I keep saying it. So um, I came up here. I got some coffee on Sunday morning, and I came upstairs, and they were here. And the guy is holding the duty ball. And I'm like, ew, ew, don't do it. He goes, he goes, no, no, it's it's actually wrapping paper. It was what? like wrapping tape. And it looked completely like a duty ball. But it was tape? It was tape. That How looked, did you make that mistake? They made it too. They're like, we actually thought it was a duty ball. I'm telling you, it was a brown piece of wrapping tape. That's weird. That was, looked exactly like a piece of shit. <laughs> And when he had it in his so hand, I'm like, weird. get out of here with that. Are you nuts? And he's like, no, it's a piece of tape. And I'm like, I still don't believe you. <laughs> um, but it was. I don't know how I got. Well, first of all, I was completely hammered when I got home. So I could see. But 
I mean, I was I'm not going to go down and smell it or anything. Yeah. You know? I mean, I went down pretty far to check. And even up close, it looked like a duty ball. Well, that's pretty weird. Yeah. So that was embarrassing. Really embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> and Michelle was here, too, like at the, in my house. And she saw it. And she was like, ha, ah, you're an idiot. <laughs> and I'm like, shut up. That's not funny. Um, but that is, uh, what did you do over the weekend? What did you do for New Year's? Uh, nothing. I heard you did something. Oh, well, Liza had a party. And you were the bouncer. Yeah. That's really funny. Her kid sister had a party and uh, Dory was the bouncer. And yes, I heard you did a good I job, did. though. You did yeah. a good job. You're like, uh, and who will be taking you home? Yeah. I checked off My everyone parents. on the list and made sure they had a ride home. It's pretty cool. And then you had to spend the rest of your time upstairs? Yeah, with Billy. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, pretty bad. It's a good thing you didn't come here. It was just as bad. It was probably worse. <laughs> At least you were doing, you were interacting with people. I was just here on my own wallowing in filth it was nice. disgusting but as soon as the uh that passed i was fine i decided i think next year i think i'd like to go away all right maybe that's why i'll take liza to you france should. you're gonna take liza to france well i gotta take what am i gonna do i took you to london what am i gonna what am i supposed yeah, to do i'd be the worst uncle ever if i don't take him anywhere yeah. you know it's like me it took dory to london she's gonna be mad at me forever I although she doesn't she really does. care i don't think she cares well she wants to go to france does she who doesn't i don't know liza um, we're after this we're you know you like chicken parm and we I always do. look for the best place to get chicken parm remember I told you that I found a place that has amazing chicken parm yes it closed oh yeah well, <laughs> we talked about it last week that's upsetting yeah and Atel goes oh where are we going to find a place to spend $800 on a chicken parm because that's it. it was really expensive too. oh my god <laughs> yeah but it closed like a week ago wow just before you, just for your Trip right. here. Otherwise, we would have gone there. Of course. I would have recommended, let's go there. It's excellent chicken parm. You would like it. So I'm not sure where we're going tonight. Let me also, with some news, give a Godfather update, if I may. Godfather is now February 28th, the next version of it, with or without Susie Essman. I, I'll know by the end of the week if she's in it or not, but I'm still writing it for her, so that'll be a disaster if she's not in it because then i got to rewrite the whole thing. Hmm. Russ Maneev is out because he's mad at me for calling him a bad actor. Who isn't mad at you? That's well, that's true, question. but uh, I'm really upset about him being out of this project. It's just one last thing. He's got to play Sonny. He gets killed in this one. Spoiler alert. And it's like he just won't finish it. Then he's like, look, that really uh, hurt my feelings. I'm like, well, I'm sorry. I really am. Uh. I really want you to be in it. You're my friend. Like, I like working with him. It's weird, right? Okay, so I made fun of his acting, but I love... I love making fun of people's acting, but it's funny because not only do I want to work with him again, but I was looking for another part, even though he gets killed in the fifth one, because right. I enjoy his company, and he he does a great job. I mean, it's just I I messed up, you know. I um I was just trying to be outrageous, and I really like Russ so much, and I'm really upset about this. I also contacted Gianni Russo, who played the role of Carlo in the original Godfather. I know you haven't seen the movie. No, I have not. But this guy, I, I actually got in touch with him. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Carlo from the original Godfather. And he said he can't do it. Uh, he's not allowed to do it. He's not allowed to do it for like legal reasons. And I'm like, okay. I have, I have a feeling he has no idea what I was talking about. <gasps> because that's just weird. Like why wouldn't he be allowed to do a, you know, a, a, a reading, which isn't even the script really. You yeah. know? It's, it's, it's pathetic. So then I was, what I really wanted to do was have him play Sonny, 
and get another guy to play Carlo. For us, going to be in it. That would be funny. But then I was thinking, and I was looking at his, his webpage and everything. He kind of looks like a punk. I don't think I want to work with him. <laughs> and I really want to work with Russ, and it's really making me upset. But I did have uh, Tom Cotter, who you know yeah, from America's, America's Got Talent. Talent. That's right. He's now going to play Tom Hagen because Lenny Marcus is out, and he's a delight. Um, I have no idea if he can act or not. It doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, so that's the, the story right now of what I have. Tickets will go on sale, I think, next week. Um, also, my horoscope this week, our, our oh, yeah. horoscope, you and me, said, even if you are the kind of Leo who generally keeps your thoughts to yourself, which I'm not, <laughs> you will be rather vocal as the new week begins. Just make sure that in finding your tongue, you don't make enemies of people who should be your friends. Well, too wow, late for that. Wow, that sounds yeah. like you. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So I'm trying not to piss off anyone else. But, um, you know, the week is still so young. Uh, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I'll be able to work it out. Last, uh, did you watch any of the football games this week? No. Dory's in the football pool. She didn't do that well this year, but no. usually last year she did pretty well. So um, let's make some picks for this week. Okay. All right. Now, let me just tell you what I did last week. Uh, and let me just go online to make sure I have the, um, the picks. But um, last week, I was positive, and I put you know a lot of money on it. I, I have like a $400 allowance that um, they give me. Uh, oh, damn it. Oh, no, wait, I know it is. Hold on. I want to get to my site so I can find out the actual spreads. Oh, I'll just do it this way. Where can I find it? Is this it? Oh, yeah. This, no, this is it. I got it. Uh, oh, I see. I know what I did wrong. Oh, good, good. This will be the actual spreads. Uh, okay, so last week, my best bets were the overs on Pittsburgh, Miami, and uh, the one o'clock game. Oh, oh, that was the one o'clock game, and the Seattle, Detroit game. Okay. So I I made a a reverse to do um, these overs, and um, none of them came in. Well, that's it was a sad. disaster. Yeah. So then Saturday, I decided to bet the over on the Houston game, which came in. Uh, so good for me. So I did okay. But uh, then, and the, yeah, what, how did I do that? I don't know. Whatever. I, I evened out a little bit. But I was still going to be down a lot of money uh, in a, you know, in a, in tomorrow because I had this other thing hanging, which the other one lost. Right. And if the, at least the Pittsburgh would have won, I would have evened out a little bit, but it didn't. So then on Sunday, I bet the Pittsburgh over... No, I didn't bet that again. I bet Pittsburgh minus... Am I boring you? No. (laughs) No, I'm boring everybody. Um, I bet Pittsburgh minus 11 points. Wow. And the Packers, I took them down to three from five and a half. It cost me a lot of money. Right. And uh, I won both of those, thank God. Yeah. And the Pittsburgh one was tough because if Miami had scored that late touchdown, I would have won the over which would have been a little better because I had everything kind of wrapped into that over, but that's okay. So I had the Pittsburgh one, and then I needed the Packers to win, and then I went for it. I had $30 left, and I bet the Packers, the over, and for some reason, because I'm a degenerate, the Chicago Blackhawks hockey team in a three-team parlay. They all had to win for me to win. Interesting. I know. It was crazy, and I ended up winning all my money back and more. Wow. I know. I can't even believe it happened. And... uh so that was a great week. Now, this week's going to be really tough. These are the spreads. Okay. The early Saturday game at 4.30. Okay. Is now, I'm looking at the site, 
The Falcons minus five over the Seahawks playing in Atlanta. Ooh. Your thoughts? I don't know. The Seahawks beat Detroit last week, but not in an unbelievable fashion. Towards the end, they picked it up, but they had trouble. You don't know. I'm going to say the Seahawks. Really? Plus the points on the road. Yeah. Interesting. What makes you say that? You have no idea. No, I just picked them. Yeah, I'm not, you know, I tell you, I don't know about that one. I, well, the over is 51 and a half. I'm probably going to go for that. I can't help myself. I got to pick the over. I'm not, I'm not picking the under. As my friend in the office says, it's un-American to pick the under. All right, then. Texans Patriots. Are you ready Patriots. for this one? Oh, I picked the Patriots. You don't know anyway. the spread. Yeah, but they're going to win. What do you think the spread is? Something pretty high. What do you think it is? Take a guess. Like, I don't know. I've never seen 13. Higher. Higher? I've never even seen higher than 13. I didn't think that was possible. The Texans stink. Yeah. That they were lucky they played the Raiders. They otherwise, they wouldn't. Because they played the Raiders who have their fourth string quarterback in. Oh, well, there you go. So what do you think? 17? No, it's lower than that. Okay, good. Uh, it was, what was it? at the week, it was 15 and a half. Oh, my God. I found it at 14 and a half yesterday, and I bought it down to 14, so I took it. Yeah. Right away for 50 bucks, just because they're going to kill him. Right. Now it's 15. Wow. There's, I still think I they're going to do it. Yeah, they're going to. No, yeah. I'm taking it. Yeah. Everybody's taking it. In fact, that probably will go up to 17 because the Patriots are probably going to win by 25 or more. Probably. The Texans will not score. They have their quarterback is a mess. It's, it's a disaster. Um, if the Texans even cover that spread, it would be a miracle. Yeah. It's definitely one of those things where you're like. You know, I don't know. But uh, after we saw last week where all the home teams won and covered. Yeah. Then, uh, yeah, I'm betting the Patriots all the way, as is everybody else. And that's a shitty Saturday night game. Yeah, that's just going to be nothing. So then there's a really tough one on Sunday at one. Mm-hmm. Chiefs Steelers. Chiefs at home mm-hmm. minus two. Oh, I'm going to say the Chiefs then. Ben Roethlisberger was in a cast of some sort or some Ooh. sort of thing after the game. Nobody knows for sure, but it's hard to bet against Pittsburgh. But I think I might take the Chiefs, too. Yeah. If they're only two, I'll yeah. take the home team. But I don't know. You know, it's hard to bet against Pittsburgh. And I don't think the Chiefs will beat New England. No. I don't think anybody's going to beat, New England. Anybody's gonna beat New England. And here's the last one. And this is a really tough one. Do you know who's playing? No. You don't? You're in the football pool every week. How can you not know who's playing? Well, because I don't remember who's left. Well, guess who's left. It's the okay. only team. That, Green Bay. That's right. And somebody else. Somebody your father hates. More Cowboys? Than, that's right. Oh. What do you think the spread is? Uh, like four. That's exactly right. Oh, my God, really? <laughs> yep. It's minus four and a half. Wow. The Cowboys are favored minus four and a half. Now, that is a tough one because the Packers are playing really well. They yeah, beat I think the I would shit say the out Packers. of the Giants who have a great uh, defense. Yeah, that sucked. That was great. That was the best me. day. That was annoying. I actually did watch part of that game, and then I turned it off because I got annoyed. I thought you were uh, with your mom at rehearsal. Yeah, but then we came back, and I saw part of it. Oh. Well, That's I was why happy. I only saw part of it. I really don't know. About, I don't know what I'm going to do about that game now. Obviously, I have to bet every game. Of course. I can't How could you contain not? myself. But that game is really tough. It's hard to bet against uh, Aaron Rodgers, and he's really playing well, but... I think I'll probably end up taking the Cowboys. No, I don't think you should. The Cowboys are so due to win one playoff game at some point. Eh. (laughs) 
Well, your theory is probably the best, although you didn't do that well this year. No, in football I did either, terrible. So it's hard to listen to you too. Normally, I would, but uh, yeah, you, you're not. No, that I great clearly either. don't know what I'm doing. Oh, by the way, uh, last week I opened the show with this unbelievable clip that uh, we didn't even talk about. I think you're gonna like it. You'll like you won't you'll like some of it. You won't understand some of it too. Okay. I'm Richard Thomas, and I'm Mike's... Welcome to the Mike Douglas Show. I'm Richard Thomas, and I'm Mike's co-host. With us on the show will be, from the new film Star Wars, Carrie Fisher, Mark Hamill, and Harrison Ford. From the Cincinnati Reds, Pete Rose, and Tom Seaver. Singer Billy Paul and the mime troupe Mummenschanz. This is the funniest lineup of all time. <laughs> if you're like my age, or for your age, the you know the the new film Star Wars. Yeah, that was pretty funny. It's really funny, right? Uh, Pete Rose has been banned from baseball yeah, because he was caught gambling. You knew yeah. that. That's so funny. Tom Seaver is a legendary player, but it's just you know he's seventy. I mean, it's so funny having him on the show. And then the best part, Mumenchants, is this mime group from the 70s that was for some reason huge. And what they would do is dress up as toilet paper and pull the toilet paper from their mouth. And that was the that show. That is so weird. It was creepy as hell. They had commercials all the time. And it was just, uh, I think it was like a French group or something that did mime. And you, they were on Broadway. What? You're like the Blue Man Group back then. That is so weird. It was horrid, you know. But it was. Uh, but they're like, you know, it's a big get for the Mike Douglas show, you know. Right. So uh, the Mike Douglas show, by the way, was a, a, a small thing that was. It was national, but it was done in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. and it was an afternoon talk show. So it didn't rival Johnny Carson or anything. It was on like four thirty oh, in the afternoon, weird. four o'clock, and uh, you know it was a legendary show because we all watched it back then. And he would get the big, he had John Lennon and Yoko Ono on a lot. Oh, wow. And he, you know, it was a good show, but it's a bad show because, you know, he stinks and he shouldn't have had a talk <laughs> show. And he would always come out and sing a song. When Irish eyes are smiling, <laughs> you're as welcome as can be. But uh, yeah, it, it, but people remember it all the time. I mean, you know, right. Rosie O'Donnell based her daytime show on the Mike Douglas show. Oh, wow. But uh, the best part of this show is that uh, when he's bringing that, when he's explaining Star Wars to people. It's that is so Now, weird. here is the star of our sh- Whatever that is. Wait, wait here. A robot named... Wait, wait, star Wars is a blockbuster motion picture that has everything a good movie should have. It has excitement, action, fun. And Star Wars has a few things that no other motion picture has ever had. A robot named C-3PO that talks and one named R2-D2... Doesn't this sound like an old man trying yeah, to describe, so you know, weird. it's like, I mean, uh, that's like the one thing you should never do is like, and uh, this crazy uh, plot is, yeah. uh, you know, who just beeps and clicks. It has <laughs> the fearsome stormtroopers so of weird. a galactic empire. He has no idea what he's talking year old about. Wookiee, whatever that is. <laughs> whatever that is. But in addition to all that, the movie has as one of its stars, our next guest. She plays a lovely princess. And she's brought out first. Yeah, wow. so funny. An intergalactic struggle for power. What a movie it is. Please welcome Carrie Fisher. 
You're going to be able to forget all that after, not forget them, but uh, you won't have to be identified that way after the well, success of this mind. picture. I don't mind. I like my parents. Do you? <laughs> yeah. If she hates her parents, I don't know why she would say <laughs> something like that. But it's so funny when they're on and they're just like, I, I don't It's a fascinating interview. It's on YouTube. Um, yeah, that's very nice. entertaining to see them all. They all look so good. And um, Carrie Fisher, on all the interviews I saw, I was looking up after I saw this, I was looking up all the interviews of Star Wars. Carrie Fisher never says anything. She just sits there because she's 19. Right. So she doesn't even know what she's doing. Mostly Harrison Ford does the talking because he's like 40 at that time. <laughs> and he's just so cool. But they're all so serious. Uh, you know, it's like, as an actor, making a choice, uh, to, you know, it's like so ridiculous, but they praise George Lucas for his um, godlike presence, and you can't blame him for that. Um, I feel like there was something else I wanted to say. Was George Lucas... Uh... Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, let me see. I had another clip. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I told you, I think, before, when Star Wars came out... Do I not have that? Oh, I guess I didn't play the clip. When Star Wars came out, people didn't like it. I mean, we loved it, but right. critics didn't like it. I'll never forget, there's an interview with Gene Shalit, who was the Today Show film correspondent. Uh -huh. I'll never forget, as a kid, in junior high. Okay. And he was showing a clip, and he's like, this convoluted problem, whatever, right? He's saying it's horrible, and, he, and he's like, they're showing clips, and he, they just show him staring. He's like, are they kidding? You know, like that. Meanwhile, then I saw him have, after the show successful, he has an interview with the three of them, which uh, somebody except me had forgotten that he completely panned the movie. Right. Like, what an asshole. There's a critic um, named... No, 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 that's not right. That's not right. I have it wrong. Simon, Bob, is it John Simon? John... John, I think... Oh, damn, did I get it wrong? John Simon. I think... Um, I, I don't know. He's a critic. He was a critic for New York Magazine. And he just bashed The Empire Strike Back. That is so The Empire Strike Back, right. And he said it was horrible. And um, he, he was like a Harvard. He was a snob and a half. <laughs> and, 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 and he's on this uh, Nightline show back in 1980 mm -hmm. with Siskel and Ebert. And they're blasting him. And they're like, you're a fucking idiot. <gasps> like, they're blasting him. They're like, are you a, are you a moron? You understand this is just a good time, right? Like, they get it. And they, right. well, they've always been really good about that. But they understand what it is. Right. Like, yeah, okay, sorry it's not Shakespeare jerk off. <sighs> you know, but this guy, he's like, he, he, he was a big writer. You know, mm -hmm. people like, um, I remember it. But he was also uh, writing for Playbill magazine, which means he was a theater guy. <laughs> right. So you know he hated Star Wars, you know, whatever. And But mostly he would pick on uh, performers' physical appearances, <sighs> which was like really mean. He was yeah. an asshole. And then finally they realized he was also, you know, just racist, you know, like whatever. And they finally removed him out of the um, thing. But uh, yeah, I, you know, it, but he was a legendary reviewer. They say others have suggested his negative criticism is mean-spirited and not constructive. For example, he is known for dwelling on the unattractiveness of actors he does not like. Oh, my God. Wallace Shawn is unsightly. You know who he is. Uh, who? Uh, Oh, oh, yeah, That's no, I know who it is. Right, right. um, the only way to start a land war... Uh, inconceivable. Inconceivable. That's, That's yeah. the one I was looking for. Yes, yes. I mean, you know what he looks like, so this yes. guy's picking on him. Barbara Streisand's nose, he says, cleaves the giant screen from east to west, bisects it from north to south. It zigzags across a horizon like a bolt of fleshy lightning. 
that that's, that's what he's so saying mean. about Barbara Streisand. Basically saying, hey, your Jew nose is getting in the way yeah. of my review. And so Roger Ebert wrote, I feel repugnance for the critic John Simon, who made it a specialty to attack the way actors look. They can't help the way they look any more than John Simon can help looking like a rat. So it was great that the other thing, of course he attacked Liza Minnelli, whose face Simon had compared to that of a beagle. He was a dick, and he hated Star Wars. He hated, he's on the show, you can see it. He's on the show just saying that Empire Strikes Back is stupid, and it's dumb, and he completely reminds me of uh, the guy in this scene. People, we've got a lot to cover, and time is short. There are two kinds of people in business today, the quick and the dead. So rather than waste your time this semester with a lot of useless theories, we're going to jump right in with both feet and create a fictional company from the ground up. We'll construct our physical plant. We'll set up an efficient administrative and executive structure. Then we'll manufacture our product and market it. I think you'll find it very interesting and a lot of fun. So let's start by looking at construction costs of our new factory. Uh, What's the product? <laughs> you were like, what, you were waiting the whole time. Yeah, I, I don't like, understand what what's going this? on. Well, my listeners know. Material for the purposes of our discussion here, but if it makes you happy, let's say we're making tape recorders. Tape recorders? Are you kidding? The Japs will kill us on a labor course. I love that line. <laughs> now the Japs will kill us on the labor course. <laughs> not allowed to say that anymore. Okay, fine. Then let's just say they're widgets. What's a widget? What's a widget? <laughs> it's a fictional product. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Tell that to the bank. You know? Easy, take it easy. The first <laughs> On the board, you will see a cost analysis. The guy playing the snob role mm-hmm. is a genius. I mean, he's a villain, but he's so good, and you know he's really good. And this, I'll tell you one. This is the construction of a thirty thousand square foot facility, which will encompass both factory and office space, and is fully serviced by all utilities, a railroad spur line, and a four bay shipping dock. Oh, the whole wide bill. Hey, you're better off leasing it a buck and a quarter, a buck and a half a square foot. Take your down payment and put it into CDs. Or something else you can roll over every couple of months. Thank you, Mr. Mellon. But we'll be concentrating on finance a little later in the term. For the time being, let's just concentrate on the construction figures, shall we? You will see the final bottom line requires the factoring in of not just the material and construction costs, but also the architect's fees, and the costs of land servicing. Oh, you left out a bunch of stuff. <laughs> oh, really? Like what, for instance? Well, first of all, you're going to have to grease the local politicians for the sudden zoning problems that always come up. Then there's the kickbacks to the carpenters. And if you plan on using any cement in this building, I'm sure the teams would like to have a little chat with you, and that'll cost you. Oh, and don't forget a little something for the building inspectors. Then there's a long-term cost, such as waste disposal. I don't know if you're familiar with who runs that business, but I assure you it's not the Boy Scouts. That'll be quite enough, Mr. Mellon. Maybe bribes and kickbacks and mafia payoffs are how you do business. But they are not part of the legitimate business world. And they're certainly not part of anything I'm teaching in this class. Do I make myself clear? Sorry, just trying to help, that's all. Now, notwithstanding Mr. Mellon's input, the next question for us is where to build our factory. How about fantasy land? <laughs> <laughs> that's the best part because um, that's when I realized, you know, I hate that guy 
you know, who's, right. you know, being a dick to Rodney, right? You know, I mean, I know he's an actor, but, you know, he's like, I, I, I hate yes. him. Yes. Um, but he, when I realize he's acting is when he says, how about Fantasyland? And he <sighs> drops his pointer and he's like, <laughs> you know, like he drops it and they just like a spit take kind of. Right. And then you're like, oh, my God, that's right. He's an actor. Like, I mean, he's so good yeah. at being evil in a, you know, a stupid way. That I hate him, but then I'm like, oh my god, he's so funny, right? Because that's a would you? Hey, how about Fantasyland? Yeah, it's such a. If you see it again when you watch him drop it, it's so funny. It's such it's such good acting because it must be difficult for a guy like that who's playing that role to. It must be very difficult to not be a little slapsticky because you're in a comedy. This is something I wanted to teach as an actor: acting in comedies with comedians. Like, if you were acting with Robin Williams, I worked with a guy once who just didn't get it. He was working with a bunch of us, and we were funny. He was just a regular actor. We asked him to just be straight. But he thought because we were being funny, he was supposed to be funny. He wasn't understanding. And I think a lot of actors miss that point. And I don't think they teach that often, to teach um, acting with comedians. I'm not talking about comedy and acting, but acting with comedians. And to uh, I'm not talking about stealing the spotlight, but to work with them uh, to make your performance best. And this is a great example of somebody who's in a comedy playing the, the villain who does a great job of comedy himself, even though he's not a comedic part. Right. Uh, now, the, that guy, in, un, when Star Wars The Force Awakens came out, New York Magazine decided to... This guy's still alive. I think, I think he's still alive. Um, publish uh, John, John Simmons. I think that, right, this is what he says his name is. Um, his original review of Star Wars on wow. the day The Force Awakened opened, and this was one of the paragraphs. I sincerely hope that I should read it like Paxton Wider. Right? No, I was just reading it like the guy in Roddy Didgeridoo. Oh. I sincerely hope that science and scientists differ from science fiction and its practitioners. Heaven help us if they don't. We may be headed for a very boring world indeed. Strip Star Wars of its often striking images and its highfalutin scientific jargon, and you get a story, characters, and dialogue of overwhelming banality, without even a future cast to them. Human beings, anthropoids, or robots, you could probably find them all more or less like that in downtown Los Angeles today. Uh, Notwithstanding Mr. Mellon's comments... Certainly the mentality and values of the movie can be duplicated in third-rate non-science of any place or period. I don't even understand what the fuck that means. But if you say it like that guy, that's exactly what this guy was writing. Was exactly what that guy just said. A whole load of nothing. And you're not listening to Roddy Dangerfield, who's giving you some really sound, real business advice. And he goes, no, I'm just going to continue with my article. These are robots (laughs) that go clickety-click. And there's no reason to watch them or further review this horrid movie, which I estimate making nothing. That's so weird. Isn't that funny? Yeah. It's amazing. What a loser. Yeah. Okay. Two more things before we go. We've got plenty of time, but two more things. Okay. Uh, I'm always angry because um, I work at a job. You go to right. school. Uh, you know, you got holidays starting in October if you count Columbus Day. We don't get off for Columbus Day. We don't say you mostly count Columbus Day. I don't get off for Columbus Day. Yeah, you don't either. either. So I'd say November, December, January, February, there's legal days off you get paid for. Right. And then in March, there's nothing until May. So we need a person who we can celebrate a March birth. We need a Pisces to that's prolific 
that's either dead or going to die so we can all get another holiday off like March 22nd or something. Sounds like a good plan. So these are the birthdays that I put together that I thought maybe, you know, we could talk about possibly right. having some birthdays. All right. Ron Howard. I don't know who that is. Well, it's it's Richie on Happy Days. Okay. I have no problem celebrating his birthday. Uh, he also is a huge director. Huge. Gotcha. There's probably something you know that he did, but I can't think of it. Um, Mark Paul Gosseler. I don't know who that is. That's either. Zach from Saved by the Bell. I think we should have a holiday for him. I don't even. Okay. Desi Arnaz, the I inventor of the three camera shoot. What? This is odd. Uh, <laughs> Mikhail Gorbachev. Well, not today. No, no Russian people. John Bon Jovi. <laughs> okay, I know who he is. Yeah, but I don't think we'll get a day off from Probably him. Probably not. All right, here's a good one. Maybe in Jersey. Alexander Graham Bell. Oh, that is a good one. Right? That could actually like be a thing. And we could call it Bell Day. Bell Day. And then I can ring a bell every time it's Bell Day. And then when somebody makes trouble, I say, you're ruining Bell Day. <laughs> it's from Cheers. Um, okay, here's one. Uh, Andy Gibb. I don't know who that he is. He does one of my favorite songs. I love this song. I don't know why, but I sing it almost every day. No idea why. Somehow it speaks to me. I think there's a major sadness to it. He committed suicide over a girl. Uh, His brothers uh, did this, you know, uh, Greece is the word. Sad. I guess I remember when I was a kid when that was playing. I remember getting depressed, but also enjoying the melody. Interesting. One of those strange songs, and he had a really cool voice too. Um, but I guess we're not going to commemorate him. I guess no. Probably not. Um, Alan Greenspan, we would have until he ruined the entire country and didn't foresee the 2008 depression. Before 2008, we might have commemorated his birthday. I don't know. Then he became a loser. Why would you? All right. His name will be stricken from the record, like Moses. Gotcha. Um, (laughs) Rob Reiner. What? No, I know why you wouldn't know him. Uh. But he uh, directed this unbelievable movie, and here's the scene. from the kind of thing you normally play. Yeah, well, it's part of a uh, a trilogy, really, a musical trilogy that I'm doing in D minor, which I always find is really the saddest of all keys, really. I don't know why, but it makes people weep instantly to play a... It's a horn part. It's very pretty. 
like just simple lines intertwining you know very much like i'm really influenced by mozart and bach and it's sort of in between though it's really it's like a mach piece really it's, what do you call this well this piece is called uh, lick my love pump <laughs> no you don't like it Interesting. Yeah, it's from this awesome, unbelievable movie called This Is Spinal Tap. Did you ever see it? Did no. I ever make you watch it? No. I'm making you watch okay, it. Okay. I'm then. telling you, this is the one. All right. This is a masterpiece that still completely holds up, and every band you've ever heard of in your life worships this film. Okay. And anytime they say, what's touring like? They're like, it's very much like Spinal Tap. And it came out in 84, so what is it, 30, 35 years old or something? And um, it still completely holds up as one of the best Maybe the first mockumentary, maybe the Mighty Python might have done one, but um, one of the first mockumentaries of all time and uh, made Rob Reiner's career as well, let alone uh, Christopher Guest and uh, Michael McKeon, who maybe you know, I don't know. Mm. Uh, Osama Bin Laden, we could celebrate him. Oh, yeah, there's a good one. Uh, Liza Minnelli, maybe when she goes, we could take that day off. Perhaps. I know my friend Scotty will, <laughs> so he's going to be on the podcast next week, I think, or in a couple of weeks. Albert Einstein? Oh, that's a good... Yeah, we should totally celebrate him. Should we, though? Yeah. Because he came up with that formula that killed all those people? What? I don't know. Is that a good idea? I mean, he's awesome, but right? Well, so we were able to win, so we're not living in German rule. Yeah, that's so pretty So I guess, pretty but good. yeah, we could celebrate him, right? Yeah. But I don't think they'd let us celebrate a Jew. Uh, how about Michael Kay? <laughs> when he goes, we should totally take a day to celebrate Michael Caine's birthday. They where everyone talks just like that. Ex Michael Caine Day. <laughs> it's not a bad idea, actually. March 14th, right before Mommy's. Pie Day. Andrew Jackson, the seventh president and the war hero of 1812. He's already on the 20, so he's already commemorated. Right. right? Uh, James Madison. He was good. Yeah. Well, I'm saying not his birthday, but Dolly Madison's. <laughs> she was my favorite uh, first lady before Michelle Obama. Ah. She was the hottest first lady before Michelle Obama came to town. All right, then. You didn't know Do Dolly Madison? No. Her and Bess Truman, my favorite first ladies. That is so weird. Yeah. Jerry Lewis. Nobody wants to commemorate that douchebag. Rob Lowe. Oh. Right? Yeah. The Grinder. Definitely. Oh, we should totally. I mean, that guy, when he goes, we should Definitely. Just celebrate the, the Grinder. How about this guy, Adolf Eichmann? He was a Nazi leader. Probably not. I probably didn't need to tell you he's a Nazi leader because his first name was Adolf. Yeah. But it's not Adolf Hitler. Right. They named apparently a bunch of people Adolf. <laughs> who who would do that? It's because like you instantly. Yeah. It's like Seinfeld says in naming somebody Jeeves. What are you becoming become besides a butler? Just a butler. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Timothy Dalton. I have no problem with it because he's James Bond. Oh. I could commemorate him. Uh, Chico Marx. And we're not going to go after that. Werner Klemperer. He Who played a Nazi in this TV show called Hogan's Heroes. And he would always go, Hogan. <laughs> no? Probably I think not. he was also Jewish, so. Mm. Um, this is the best one. We should totally have a day off for Marcel Marceau. Yes. Do you know who he was? I do know who that is. You do? Yeah. How do you know that? I don't know. What does he do? A mime. You, that's right. Wow. Ashley would never get that in a million years. No How idea do you possibly why I know, that. know that? I don't know. Is it because I told you about Momenchans? No. Oh, yeah. How about James T. Kirk, William Shatner? Shatner and Spock, both in March. We should have a Star Trek day. Wow, yeah. No, that'll never work. That definitely won't happen. Houdini? Because <laughs> that's the way I'm going to die, by the way. The way Houdini died. Oh, yeah. It's always been a plan, yeah. All right, well, that's pretty cool. stomach really hard. Uh, Peyton Manning? We should definitely we should celebrate We should totally Peyton celebrate Manning. his greatness. He deserves yeah. it. Or like we can combine it like the presidents. We can just have Manning Day. Right. Yeah, like President's Day. Because yeah. that's Washington and Lincoln combined. Right. Um, Elton John, 
No. Mm. Here, okay. Here's a good one. Okay. That we can actually discuss. Okay. March 26th. It's a perfect time. Yes. Nothing's going on. Sandra Day O'Connor. Do you know who that is? No. The first female Supreme Court judge. Oh, that actually like could happen. Um, I have my arms up in the air like, right? Yeah. You got picking a woman. We already got a black guy. We got plenty of white right. guys. We need a woman. Yeah, we should have a there day it is. to celebrate a woman. Nobody cares about that Susan B. Anthony and her stupid coin. Where everybody's <laughs> mad about that, so nobody's going to take off that day. But Sandra Day O'Connor, they made a movie about her. I believe yeah. it's called The First Monday in October. Well, that should definitely happen. March 26th. I want Ken day. Howard. We he we just lost him. Uh, have a day for him because he played Thomas Jefferson in 1776. Uh, Christopher Walken, class, uh, or Al Gore, when he goes. Maybe if he had become president, maybe, but yeah. no. Sandra Day O'Connor off that list. That's, that's a good that one. That could be the one, right? Yeah. We need a March holiday, everybody. Bring it up to your, uh, hey, bring it up to your cousin senator. If you have one, <laughs> bring it up to him, and then uh, maybe it'll all work out. Okay. Uh, I just wanted to get to... Uh... All right. Coming up at the end of the podcast, we before we leave, there's no we, there's no way we can leave without doing one of the hardest Harry Potter quizzes oh, ever no. given. You love it. Oh I know. no! How dare you? I'm always scared I'm gonna get it all wrong. All right. Well, you're not. You never get anything wrong. So except for like when I do get stuff wrong. I don't know why I played Boston. I just felt like uh, putting a little uh, thing behind it. So actually, uh, I think I can get the. Uh, pretty sure I have the Harry Potter music. Harry Plopper. Did you see Harry Plopper was back on The Simpsons last week? No. Yeah. I don't know how I don't know how oh, they figured it hilarious. out. I know. Ever since he hasn't been around since the movie. Yeah. Harry Potter. <laughs> okay. Oh god. This is apparently one of the hardest quizzes of all time. Okay. What I I I'm going to be I know you're going to know it, and I'm still going to be fascinated every time. And when your mother says, it's boring to people that don't get it, like when I did Dave Elliott's with the Grateful Dead or whatever. Right. Um, I, I'm fascinated when people know the stuff. So yes. I think my listeners are too. What <laughs> fruit must one tickle in Pear. order to get... Holy sh... You see what I'm saying, people? Do you see what I'm saying? That's fascinating to me. There's number one. I think there's... Uh, let's see how many. I think there's 10. Okay. Maybe there's more. What form did Hermione's Bogart take? Um, Professor McGonagall telling her she failed. That's the exact. Yes, that's the exact. <laughs> really? It even has the telling her she failed. I'm like her exams. Right. Um, you left off that. Well, oh, shucks. I don't even know what I just said. <laughs> Let me just because I okay. know Harry Potter pretty well. I mean, not, right. you know, I'm not you, but. No, you're not. Is me. that when they take the thing to look like people when they're trying to enter the Ministry of Magic? That's the thing that like turns into your worst fear. Oh, oh, that's hilarious. So her worst fear is that she fails. Oh, all that's her so exams. cute. Oh, she's so pretty. <laughs> what is the correct order for listing the Marauders? Mooney, Wormtail, Padfoot, and Prom. Yeah, it's like you didn't. Uh, what? <laughs> you didn't even hesitate. That's exactly the correct order. And I don't even. How? Wow. Pretty obvious. Yes. I'm <laughs> what are the Marauders? Those are the people that created the map. 
oh, you know, the Harry's one that, father where it's blank? and like the the blank make yeah. that's black that's blank until you point yeah. it. Show me your secret. Yeah, that one. Does he say show me or tell me? I think show me. Show me your secrets. What is the title of the first chapter of the Chamber of Secrets? The worst birthday. Wow. Wow. You're so awesome. This is great. (laughs) I love this stuff. Okay. 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 This is going to be unbelievable if you get this because this is long. And if you know this, you're insane. I'm nervous. (laughs) What are the ingredients needed to make the polyjuice potion? I got lacewing flies. That's exactly the first one. As one. <laughs> That's the first one. I don't know. One. Oh, and you need like the hair of the person or the t- something of the person that you want to turn into. A bit of the person. That's yeah. true. That's true. That's two. There's one, two, three, four, five more. Oh, I don't know about five. Take a guess. Is I mean, this one is of them a horn? Yes. A bicorn horn? Oh my God, yes. A powdered bicorn horn. Okay, you my bad. Well, you got that one wrong. <laughs> no, you got it right. <laughs> Anything else? I don't think I know any of the rest of them. Leeches? Yeah, I wouldn't have known that. Not grass? <laughs> Fluxweed? I wouldn't have known those. Jesus. You're horrible at this. <laughs> what is the name of Hepzibah Smith's house elf? Pokey. Jesus. <laughs> oh, that's the guy that talks like this. <laughs> no, he's not in any of the movies, actually. Oh. Who's that really that's angry creature. elf? Oh, creature, right. Where was Madame Marsh traveling to via the night bus in 1993? Holy crap. How am I supposed to know that? I don't know. How did you... Wait, you're asking that one? Yeah, Everybody that who's listening is going, weird. how the hell did she know that other shit? Because that one is like very far Who knows LASIK flies or whatever it's called? LASIK flies. Where was Madame Marsh traveling to via the night bus in 1993? Come on, Dory. Starts with an A. Right, I'll give you the choices. Okay, yeah, give me the... T- oh, yeah, give me the choices. Well, now I ruined it. <laughs> so give me the choices. Hogsmeade? No. Did I pronounce it wrong? No, you did. I'm oh. just saying that's not the right Diagon answer. Alley. We were there, so... Yeah, we were there. Godric's Hollow. <laughs> I think you can only say that with an accent, right? Yes. Godric's Hollow. Godric's Hollow. Godric's Hollow, Mr. Mellon. I'm combining <laughs> Alan Rickman. Whoa. I know, I know. I fucked up. Sorry. Uh... Or Abergavni. That one. Yeah, that's the one because I already ruined it. Abergavni. I meant I to give you a choice. I would never have known that. Know. In what year did Lily and James Potter die? 1981. That's completely correct. <laughs> I was going to give you choices. No, I knew that one. What was the final score of the 422nd Quidditch World Cup <laughs> final? She, she's got this expression this. like she's like, I have this. Yeah. I'm giving you the moment. Wait, we'll let I'm gonna it. get it. What? 150 to 160. You're very close. 160 to 170. It, that, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's it. But you had it backwards. Oh, it's 170 okay, yeah. to 160. Right. Okay. How the fuck do you know that? Seriously, I mean, sorry. <laughs> that that, that deserves a curse word in the sense of like that's impossible. Why do you know that? Like, why is that? Why they would talk you know? about because it's very it's a big deal. They keep because, mentioning the score all yeah, the time because, in the book, not in the movie. Yeah, in the book because he Victor Crumb, you know, he's like one of the main characters. Yeah, the one that uh, yeah. sleeps with Hermione. <laughs> sure, he caught <laughs> the snitch, mind, mind. which usually means you win. Yeah, but 
they lost in this one. How so do you lose like if you catch deal. the snitch? Everybody because knows that other, Harry, Swatter, Harry Potter team, swallowed the snitch that one time to the win. The other team had like more than 150 points, oh, and he still caught it, and wow. they lost. So it that like, is a disaster. That's how I knew they lost by like that wow. much. What creatures are depicted on the Fountain of Magical Brethren? All of them. You want like a lot. So I like, okay, there's wizard five, and right? a witch right. and a centaur That's correct. and um, a house elf yep. and a goblin. That's correct. That's completely correct. <laughs> except, uh, and they only say is it here it's worded the goblin is first and the house elf is last. <laughs> like, oh, well, yeah, but it doesn't matter. right? Yeah. So it's like, unless there is some sort of order. But uh, there's definitely not. Wow. Where did Fred Weasley die? In Hogwarts? Nope. I mean, yes, but what room? Or what around? Like around the Great Hall? No. Oh, in the he, hallway? No. Here's the, uh, here are the um, choices. In the Room of Requirement, in the Great Hall, in the Courtyard, outside the Room of Requirement. Outside the Room of Requirement. That's correct. Yeah. What's the Room of Requirement? That's where they go... When like they practice, uh, like in the fifth one, where they practice like where they the have dark the, arts the, thing, the, yeah, their defense where they against the, dark uh, arts. The oh, the room of requirement. Yeah. It shows up only like, when you yeah, need only it. Yeah, only when you need it. Oh, right. That's where that show. That's where they caught yes. it because the show used right, the that potion. Right, that you were just talking about before. I know. You know, yeah. up there with the movies. Right. Which ear did George Weasley lose? Which ear? You have a fifty-fifty chance. Left. That's correct. Yes. Did you know or did you guess? I was not a hundred percent, but I was. Fairly confident. The drink of despair, the potion Dumbledore must drink to get the locket, is oh. what color? Pink. Here are the choices. <laughs> black. Oh, black. Emerald green. No. Blue black. Ruby red. Green. That's correct. Yes. Well, you, you, you changed your uh, pick after I read them. That's amazing. Yeah. You after said, you said no, green, no, no. Then I realized it was wow. green. Who does Harry... There's the last one. Okay. You've done... You got all of them, except one that. Yeah, I didn't know. It was one, one of them. that was impossible. Yeah. <laughs> Who does Harry conjure using the resurrection stone? There's four um, people. Yeah, his mom and his dad and Sirius and Lupin. That's completely correct, ladies and gentlemen. I am uh, overwhelmed and amazed. At uh, I mean, listen. Let me tell you something. If you're going to take somebody to London to see the Harry Potter play, <laughs> should be me. Then, as you can see. Dory was completely well-deserving of seeing that play. Are we seeing it again when it comes to Broadway? I think we should. Do I have to come, or can I just get you tickets? Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, we already saw it in London. Yeah, but I might see it again it since I slept through London. most of it. Yeah, that is true. Oh, my God. What was cooler than that, right? It was so cool. Although, it could be cool here because then you're, then we, we this time we should do it in two nights. So you sleep over, and then we'll go back again. Oh, yeah. You know, so we don't do it uh, consecutive cool. time. Maybe we should have done it in two nights. Maybe no, I then think I it wouldn't was better all asleep. in one. Well, I liked it better. Well, that was all the excitement, one. though. Yeah. Yeah, but then remember, Harry Potter got sick. Oh yeah. <laughs> he had the flu. They're like it was the <laughs> first like... time he's ever missed a show. <laughs> yeah. Well, he was horrible. That understudy was amazing. No, he wasn't. No, I, I don't even remember. <laughs> what are you talking about? I mean, I remember the show, but I re- oh god, I don't even know what they were saying. I couldn't Probably follow anything in British. I know. Well, I wasn't sleeping through all of it. But you were. I mean, I know the entire plot and everything that happened. Because I had to tell it to you. <laughs> well, there was a couple things Only I Only part of it. Yeah. Well, I don't know what to say. I mean... Oh. Now, what would three young Gryffindors such as yourselves be doing inside on a day like this? 
Could he go any slower? Be careful. People will think you. What? What? Up to <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. How can you do that? I that well that's what made him kind of a genius. That takes talent. They made fun of him on uh, Family Guy with that. But you know what the thing is? Uh I went to see Friday I went to see Richard Klein, Larry from Three's Company. By the way, first of all, he also came to Wings with us on Monday, which was terrific. Um I ordered forty wings. I ate most of them because it was the last night of Wings. That's last insane. night of football, national championship, which was amazing. Clemson winning. Did you watch any of that? Uh, part of it. Very exciting. Um, anyway, he did a play called Seminar, which uh, I forgot about. It was not a very good play. He was okay. And uh, the, the other cast was just okay. But it was enjoyable enough. I had forgotten Alan Rickman originated the role oh, wow. that he was playing. And then once I thought of Alan Rickman in the role, the play gets better. <laughs> because then it made sense that these girls hook up with Alan Rickman because uh, he's awesome. He's pretty awesome. And the awesome. way he talks and he gives that snootiness and he was very handsome. I mean, then it all makes sense. Uh, it's, it's just funny, you know, like, I, I mean, I feel Richard did a good job, but once I realized it was this guy, I was like, oh my God, I, now I wish I'd seen that play yeah. when it was on Broadway. I remember when it was on too. <laughs> I'm going to it. All right, I'll rip it. God, that's a surprise. What is this? It's a CD. Joni Mitchell, wow. To continue your emotional education. Yes. <laughs> Goodness. <laughs> That's my favorite line. I say it all the time. To continue your emotional education. And I always talk about it because on Family Guy, um, Rupert gave uh, Stewie a card of, of Joni Mitchell's CD. And, said, and the card read, to continue your emotional education. What the? What the deuce? <laughs> and it's just directly from this movie. Oh, here's the uh, line. Now I have a machine gun. Ho, ho, ho. Do you believe that guy made a fortune on just saying lines really slow? Yeah, that's pretty crazy. It's unbelievable. Oh, wait. I think oh, I have that Family Guy one. Oh, here it is. Hello. You've reached Alan Rickman at 555. Have you heard this? 0122. Please leave a message at the beep. Hello, Alan Rickman. It's Alan Rickman. <laughs> Reminding you to move the pork chops from the freezer to the refrigerator so they defrost properly. Do not disappoint me. Hello. You've reached Alan Rickman at 555-0122. Please leave a message at the beep. Alan, it's me again. Remember that Turtle joke for the party. <laughs> <laughs> so they totally uh, got the gag too. That <laughs> he's just the funny. slowest speaker, but still one yeah. of the most entertaining. And a major bummer that he is no longer oh, yeah, that's with us. Sad. Uh, small, uh, stuff today. I think I'm going to go with uh, this today. 
Well, that's the end of our show today. Uh, Dory, thank you so much for coming in. Uh, when do you go back to school? Uh, in a week. Nice. Nice. It's always important to uh, finish up the year uh, good, have a little break, and then go back to school and do what you need to do to make it in this business and to make it uh, into your life and career. It's going to be a great time. Got a couple more years left. You're going to have a great time at school. It's all going to work out for you. I got a good feeling. <laughs> Is your sister going to end up at the same school or what? I don't what know. Do you think? I don't know. That's going to be crazy. Anyway, like I said, can I come to your dorm room and we do a podcast there, like maybe. in uh, April or something? Yeah, that'll be maybe. cool, right? Because I like your, you know, I like your dorm because it overlooks the parking lot, right? So I can always keep an eye on my car for those pesky <laughs> kids, you know, that are always, uh, you know, trying to drink and drive. Nobody does that anymore, huh? Just me. Nobody drives. I do. Nobody drives on campus. Well, I do. I drive on okay. campus. I did even that was even before you were going there. Right. Which is creepy. Anyway, uh, thanks for coming today. Thanks for coming no all the way here. Problem. And now we're going to go try and get the, one of the greatest chicken parm dishes of all time. We're gonna, always looking for the best kind. Still haven't found the best yet. The one place we did, they keep closing. The place we went to, El Vagabondo. Yeah, that was good. It's reopening, so they say again, January 31st. Uh. So maybe you come back and we'll try it again. But anyway, folks, thanks so much. Have a great week. The football games are going to be amazing. It's another awesome week of uh, playoffs on Saturday and Sunday. The next week, I'm going to go see Pat D'Annunzio from the Smithereens, which I've been waiting to see with my friend Vera. And I am going to try and get him on this podcast. Do you know why, Dory? Why? Because I think he lives where you live. Well, that's where you're pretty from. crazy. Yeah, I know. It's really crazy. So I think um, I could probably just go to your, your house and have him come over. <laughs> You know, and then, um, I don't know, I want to have him open the Godfather show, singing a song. He was in this great band called The Smithereens, which uh, I guess we'll talk about more after I see him. All right. So, there it is. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. And uh, do you have anything coming up, Dory? You want to plug? No. <laughs> well, anyway, you know about The Godfather, February 28th, otherwise. And, uh, of course, Crashing, the show, HBO show, coming up. And uh, also around that time in February. We will see you next week on the podcast. Good night, everybody.